Pushkin. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is Talk Easy. I'm Sam Fragoso. Welcome to the show. Today, I'm joined by rapper... Vin Staples. Born in Compton, raised in North Long Beach, Staples has been making music since his mid-teens, starting in 2014. It was never his plan to be a rapper, though. He had no grand ambitions to one day perform on stage in front of thousands of strangers. In the early days, Vin says, rapping was just a way of making my mom less worried. Basically, if he was making music, it meant he wasn't on the street getting into what he likes to call a bunch of stupid shit. That stupid shit, his words, not mine, by the way, is in part the focus of his new record, self-titled Vin Staples. It's now out and available wherever you buy or stream your music. This is a clip from a track called Are You With That? City gone up. So you better bust. Been in serious, really one of us. Really spilling blood. Everybody tough. Today gotta go and see the judge. Nigga better hush. Remember growing up, all I wanted was to be a thug. Wanted me a plug to get a little bread. Shoot a couple niggas in the head. Still outside. I don't hide from this shit for life. Had to fight for my life. Took them hits and strike. If I die for the guys, have my candlelight going up like the club. After that, go slide. Are you with that? I won't get back. I'm gonna hop out and crack. Are you with that? I want big racks. I'm gonna flock. I'm gonna stack. 
Are you with that? Won't forget that shit I saw in my past Are you with that? Like I'm with that Hope you watching your back This is Vince's first record in three years His much-anticipated follow-up to his radio-themed album, FM It was created over the course of eight nights in December of 2020 and is arguably his most autobiographical work to date, painting a picture of his tumultuous upbringing in Long Beach and the enduring love he has for the city where he still resides. In Vince's words, this record, his fourth, is his least cryptic to date. It really gives much more information about me that wasn't out there before, he says. Now, in this conversation, it's a little bit different. He has an uncanny sense of humor, sarcastic, very dry, so dry, in fact, you sometimes feel like he's picking up where David Letterman left off. I do my best just to keep up with him. Also, just to avoid some confusion, every once in a while, you'll hear us mention Tyler Page. Tyler is sitting next to Vince throughout the recording, monitoring his levels, making sure everything sounds right. He's been working with Vince for years now as his kind of right-hand sound man, and we really appreciate him for helping us out. So I want to thank him, and I want to thank Vince Staples for sitting down for this really fun, winding talk about his life and his art. I hope you enjoy. Vince Staples, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Now, I've heard you have a particular morning routine, but we're all in the process of reinventing what our days look like. So walk us through a typical Vince Staples morning. Now I wake up, I go to the gym, and I come home, I like a smoothie or something, nine times out of ten. What kind of smoothie? It depends how you're feeling, you know. I got Daily Harvest, so you can switch it up if need be. They like prepackaged. I've never heard of this. I know. Got to deal with Googles. It's important. It's vital. It's vital to do the research. Well, I've done a lot of research about you and your life, not so much about smoothie selection. It's a big part of my life. Okay. I'm sorry for the omission. I uh, I promise to do better from here on out. That's all good, man. You know, things happen. It's nothing we can't get past. <laughs> you got your Starbucks. You shot a music video at three in the morning. Till three in the morning, it was like seven to like three. Seven to three. How are you feeling about this new piece of music? It's cool. Songs are songs at the end of the day, at least to me. I've been doing like a lot of listening, a lot of uh, practicing. Well, everything I do is unique and it's all right. I don't do much of the same thing, I guess. But I think what we have is a good project, good body of work. It's unique and, it, and it's business functional. It's not a lot of filler, fluff or bells and whistles or, you know, stuff like that. So I'm happy with it. You seem to have this ability to know when a song is over. Like, there's no drag in any of the tracks. Well, I mean, it didn't used to be like that. When did it change? Well, I used to do shorter songs. You know, you get record deals and stuff like that. That you start trying to do other things, you know, based on, you know, oh, let's try this, let's try that type stuff. Probably like two years ago. Yeah, like two years ago. Was someone giving you a note back there that it wasn't two years ago? No, he said it's two years ago. He records all the songs, so he knows more than me. <laughs> he knows how many songs, he knows where the songs are recorded, he knows the key, the tempo, the BPM, who produced it, what day it was. Tyler can do a lot. 
Shout out Tyler Page, Grammy Award winning, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he got a certificate, so he got a Grammy. I like that he sounds uncertain about whether he won a Grammy or not. Because it's not the Grammy in the style in which he wanted to win it, so it doesn't count to him. This whole podcast seems to be a big plug for Tyler. He's amazing. One of a kind, I'm telling you. Do you want to put his email down or, or social media handles? Tyler Francis Page, Jameson Page. No, we not putting the email. They might try to hack it, so... The email got to stay what it is. That's 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 disclosed. With this new record, you sat down with GQ last month. And in it, you said, I've grown up in a specific type of environment my whole life. And I was in that environment nonstop with no breaks for 20-something years. Then I was constantly putting out music, constantly touring. But I hadn't had a mental gap to really live an actual life outside of that environment. You released your last record, FM, in 2018. Have the three years since then been that mental gap you were looking for? The way these things work is in music, you know, we say music is art and we say you're an artist and we say this and it's that, but it's not that music is just, you know, product management. It's like, oh, look at who and how we could sell you. You know, it's never, no one ever lets music speak for itself. And not from a fan standpoint, from an artist standpoint, from no one's standpoint, everyone's like trying to monetize and capitalize and things like that. So I've been doing a lot of, I've been making a lot of music kind of in the past year. So that's kind of been at the forefront of just, just creating things in general. But, you know, I'm getting to it. Well, I promise you, uh, I'm going to do my best to let the music speak for itself because I know you get a little frustrated when people present you with lyrics from your songs. <laughs> nah, I don't I don't really get frustrated or upset really. It's like it's it's just, you know, some a lot of the times, you know, people in in these kind of things, people are assuming and like some someone's speaking for you. So if things are inaccurate, you just kinda wanna make sure that they have a full understanding of what you mean. It's 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 kinda case by case basis depending on how wrong you are. If you kinda wrong, I just let it rock. But if you like all the way wrong, then I gotta kinda, you know, figure that out. Well, you let me know. I, I'm comfortable being wrong and comfortable being corrected. As we all should be, though. It's a very, very important part of life. I feel like that appreciation for mistakes is partly why your favorite basketball player is Russell Westbrook. Russ is a really good dude. I like Russ. Russ, is, Russ does a lot. Does, does, does a lot of um, things on and off the court that, you know, I think should be admired. But on the court, he's one of the only great basketball players that will miss 14 shots in a row, but feel totally comfortable taking that 15th shot. What I'm trying to say is he's undeterred by failure in a way that I think you are too. You know, a lot of people aspire to be musicians. A lot of people aspire to be, you know, athletes and things of that nature. You had to be unmoved by failure to get that far. I feel like eventually people kind of talk you out of it. You know, we're kind of, we're sheep in a sense. Like, you know, people have five minds. So like, Oh, stop shooting, stop shooting, stop shooting. And then you might be like, oh, maybe I should stop shooting, which is a crazy thing because you're in the NBA. And only, you know, a couple thousand people have made the NBA, actually. I don't know the exact number, but it's not that many. There are always going to be people who are encouraging. There are always going to be people who are, you know, negative. You just got to, you know, pick your focal points. And yet one of your focal points seems to be this idea that music is nothing more than product management. I mean, that's, that's what it is. We're, we're selling these things. No one's doing any of this stuff to be okay with not getting paid. It's, it's just, it just, it doesn't exist at this level, like at all. 
shows, videos, TV spots, interviews, artwork, magazines. All this is to get more attention, possibly to or more eyes to get more money. It's just just the way that this thing operates. We can pretend it's not, but like we count people's first week sales. We talk about people's net worth. Like think about how crazy of a statement that is. It'd be like this person is worth this much money. It's it's product at the end of the day, and it's okay, but it's the truth. But don't you think there are people who who love Vin Staples music, who don't think, oh, how many records did it sell, or oh, what's his net worth? People love success. You know, no one loves the dude playing the guitar on the sidewalk with his dog, asking for change, and they could be amazing. No one loves these people. They love the people who are successful. But he's never that amazing. You can say that about anybody. Success makes you amazing. People like successful people. There are hundreds, if not thousands of people better than me, better than all these people that are of a certain stature. But that stature makes you more important. When people always say, oh, who are the greatest rappers? Usually, not all the time, but usually there are people who have reached a certain status, not necessarily a certain kind of music, which is fine. But it's like we got to be realistic about what we're doing here. We can dress it up, but it's like, you know, people praise success and everything. Like you said about Russell, like when people, oh, Charles Barkley, oh, they never won championships. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean they're not good at basketball? To some people, yeah, it means they're not great, amazing, whatever you want to call it. But no, that's not necessarily my take on it, but that's usually how these things work, at least from my vantage point. I want to go back to your childhood, being born in Compton, then growing up in North Long Beach. But before we do that, Why don't we listen to this clip I have here? This is you in 2014, age 21, on the bullseye with Jesse Thorne. From what I've gathered from other people, like, I'm one of those people that everyone else asks, like, what's wrong? What's wrong? It's like, I'm straight. But it's just, I mean, it's just learned behavior, so to say. Because I be chilling. Like, everybody thinks I'm like, a lot of people, I see people say like, oh, he's so depressed and sad. But like, I'm never sad. Like, nothing could affect me that much. You you learn to value different things in life after certain experiences. And I feel like if you're here and you eat every day, you have nothing to complain about. But, it's, you know, you come back from, uh, Mac Miller told me yesterday, he said, certain people come back from Vietnam or, like, places like that, and the things that they have, they've seen have, have affected them to the point that it changes the way that they carry themselves without them knowing. What did you make... Of that when you're hearing it now seven years removed i mean it makes sense i'm I'm not no, that emotional of emotional of a person so i mean i kind of feel the same way i'm not you know i'm grateful man like i have nothing to complain about i got a lot of things that i never could think about having so not even not financially or anything like that just you know what i mean just as far as you know access comfort things of that nature so if, it, if there ever is a time where i'm feeling any kind of way like I can just get out of myself and look around and there's nothing to complain about at all. That perspective, if you have food and water, then you have nothing to complain about. I guess I was thinking about that in the last year and a half when so many people were... Without food and water? But I really honestly feel that way because that's not given. You know, I mean, I remember a lot of situations in which we didn't have those things. You can make the world. It's funny. I was talking to one of my friends the other day. He was like, yeah, you know, when I go to the Northeast and the South, because he grew up in Florida, he's like, it's just amazing to me, like, because he's lived out here so long. He's like, oh, man, these are actually livable places, like, where you don't need anything. You have a creek, and you have land that you can grow things, and you can fish, and you can drink, and you can do all these other things. Like, 
we we've kind of been robbed of necessity in the way that you know the world is set up now. So I remember not having you know those those necessities essentially. Like I don't have I don't have anything when my first album came out. So it's like I definitely am appreciative of you know what I have and where I've came from and where I am now. So yeah, I feel like of course there are always going to be things that we can that can kind of get us down and that can, can bother us and stuff. But you know if you have those necessities, like you have something to be grateful for because there are a lot of people who don't. When that first album came out and you said you didn't have anything, did you think that your circumstances would eventually change if you kept making music? I honestly wasn't thinking about it. I was preoccupied with other things. So it's a long story. But, you know, life. Just life. Like what? It's not one of those kind of stories you can say out loud. No, just no, just life. Listen to some songs. You'll get what I mean. All right. Well, let's do that and come back then. This is Screen Door Off Hell Can Wait by Vince Staples. Who's that peeking in my screen though? I got what you need, what you fiend for. Who's that peeking in my screen though? I got what you need, what you fiend for. Pops was moving slow poke, that's way before the codeine Just methadone and powder dates The junkies with the sour faces Knocking on the screen though Asking for they homie mate 10 to 20 each, 4pm me leave So don't be late, mama ball for work Asking me if anybody came To kick it with my dad Or was he chilling in the alleyway He was in the alleyway, that's what he always had me say Slanging for them bills he had to pay Somebody at the dope Who's that peeking in my screen though? I got what you need, what you fiend for Who's that peeking in my screen? So, before the song, and really in preparation for this episode, I notice in interviews you like to say these lines like, I never really think about it, it's not that serious, I don't think about this. And these sentiments strike me as a little untrue because anyone who's heard your music knows... You do think about these things and you do take some of your life seriously. No, it's not that. It's just that n- n- nobody in the interview ever asked you about those things that you care about. No one, no one, no one in the interview has ever said, hey, how's your family? Hey, how's your friends? Well, who's passed this year? Can we help? Oh, what did you buy when you got your record deal? What did you get when you came off this tour? It's never. What did you have? How much do funerals cost? Those are things I care about. Whose kids are you putting in school today? So when people ask me about music and touring and things of that nature, they're honestly not that serious because, you know, I have friends and family that, like, don't have anything. You know what I mean? And I have to kind of fix a lot of loose ends for a lot of people. But no one has ever, literally has ever asked me these questions, like, not once in my life. Yeah, essentially, they're not that serious. Like, the things in my music are not the things that we get asked in these questions is basically what I'm getting at. You know, when you think about these people, like... I've said names of people in my songs that have passed and, have, and, and literally went into detail about how they've passed and the things that is how it's affected me and my family, my community and their family. And not one person has ever said their name. So I, it's just a different thing. The interviews don't correlate with the music, to be honest. Like, you know, I'll get an interview and say, oh, you tweeted this about this. And then, you know, it's just, you know, it's not the same. It's just, that's, that's really, it's just not the same. Don't ever ask me the things I care about. Well, then I'm going to, because I don't have any tweets saved. Let's go to something real. In June of 2016, on a Tuesday afternoon, you went to the Ramona Park in North Long Beach to announce your participation in a YMCA program. 
where they'd be teaching filmmaking, graphic design, music production, 3D printing, and product design to 20 8th and 9th graders at Hamilton Middle School. There, you said, I think the most important thing is opportunities. What I can say is, living over here my entire life, I've never had an opportunity given to me from the area. Only examples of how to mess up and what I didn't want to do. I want to be one of the people that reinforces the fact that we matter just as much as the next person. The Youth Institute, the YMCA Youth Institute, um, it was already like kind of solidified but they didn't have any music things. We donated the equipment and we you know spent some time with the kids, and, you know. It's a lot of kids. I, 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 one name I always remember is Oscar, Oscar Bracho. And you know, I see him a lot, of, a lot of the shows. He comes around. I ain't seen him in a minute, but it was him. It was two twins. It was a lot of kids. It was interesting to me that there were kids that it, it kind of, it kind of like, honestly spoke to a lot of the racial dynamics because there was a lot, of, a lot more Hispanic kids and there weren't that many Asian kids, but not any at all. You know, there weren't that many black kids, which is kind of why we went to the one on Hamilton because, you know, Long Beach is so segregated and has so much racial implication with the gang structure that. You know, I just kind of wanted to try to spread it out. And, yeah, so we had one in there and one in, at Hamilton, you know, and those guys are doing a great time job of keeping it up and making sure everything's good. So we've done a lot of things. We've, we've uh, donated to Parks and Recs to kind of keep the lights on because uh, I guess the lights weren't really functional for, you know, the football practice schedule for the kids. Uh, just recently, we um, during the pandemic, we donated. I forgot, you know, it doesn't matter how much, but we donated a fair dot to because I don't want to miss anybody else's, you know, contribution, you know what I'm saying? But we donated, you know, a fair amount of money to make sure that the kids in Long Beach had uh, internet access during remote schooling because, you know, a lot of kids don't have that internet access or, you know, strong enough Wi-Fi or th things like that, access to computers. So we donated a fair amount of money to uh, to that to kind of help kids out in the area. Yeah, I just think it's important to kind of, you know, just do the little things for people because the little things go a long way. Oh, we have, you know, workforce programs and Job Corps and all these other things. But like, you know, how does that work if we don't have, you know, the access to get there? If we are hungry today or if we're tired today or, you know, like I think the little things matter just as much as the big things, which is why I think it's important, you know, do the Youth Institute things, but also make sure that, you know, these kids have access to the Internet. Because not every kid wants to be a musician. Not every kid wants to, you know, be creative, you know, but every kid should understand that, you know, they have the right to the basic necessities and safety. And I know, you know, support and things of that nature. Like we donated it um, to the Michelle Obama Library in North Long Beach. You know, you know it's important. You know, nobody helped me like that. So I think it's important to try to do what you can. Are you doing this work in part because no one helped you like that growing up? No, I didn't need it. And I think that's kind of sadder than, you know, the, the, what you said is I know a lot of people do need it, but I didn't need it. And I was like, the fact that I could do this so easily in a lot of people's minds, even to me, like it, I never felt... Like it was like Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one of a kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do or die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. 
Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase, N.A. member FDIC, 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Co. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people, the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer. So they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. How did they build it? By using a combination of technologies, the cellular vehicle-to-everything network, T-Mobile's 5G network, and 5G-connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The city of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards, an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the city of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Like my back was against the wall. Like I never felt anxiety, like a panic trying to get to where I am. It just kind of happened. And I know that you know, when I explain that to people, it's very hard for them to fathom. So, you know, I kind of want to make sure that people have that kind of comfort or confidence or just honestly I had nothing to lose. That's kind of why it worked for me. But everybody's not like that. So I just want to make sure I could like the little things that kind of help people feel like they can, you know, I don't necessarily think I'm a leader. I think I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm an artist. You know, Malcolm X has a great quote about this. And I think that we should push people to be these leaders like there's somebody who is an educator, is educated, that, you know, can lead. You know, when you look at these people historically that have had such an impact on our community, like that was their passion. So, you know, I just want to help where I can. I know I'm not, you know, the guy who knows how to get these things done. Like I make, you know, fucking songs. I always feel like there's someone younger, much smarter than me, that's going to be able to handle it better than I would. Because I think you and I are the same age. (laughs) At all times. I think that's I think that's an important thing to know, though. It, it, you don't have to be self-important with this kind of shit. 
You know what I mean? You help when you can, but like, I don't know all the details. I don't know a lot about a lot of things, just like everyone else. But there's someone whose passion was, my passion was to make sure I, didn't, I never had to live like that again. But no, there's someone who's passionate about these causes. And I feel like it's not my job to be them. It's my job to support them, find them, and make sure that they know that, you know, I'll be there, you know. You know, you feel like what Harry Belafonte did for you know, Martin Luther King. He wasn't trying to be Martin Luther King. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> so that, that's, that's basically what I'm saying. Why don't we take a listen to uh, Take Me Home off the new record, Vince Staples by Vince Staples. We'll be right back. Going south, blower on the seat With the windows down, music loud Let them hear the beat When it's quiet out, they hear the sound of those who rest in peace Trying to drown the violence out But let them say that they won't beef And we riding out, finding out where them niggas be If they hanging out, laying them out Airing out the street Then it's out the way, out of state Please don't tell on me Don't need no more felonies All these broken memories I be solo dolo, never know who working with police When I hit the set, it's loaded I don't know who envy me I'm the only one who made it out you remember me? It's you a friend of me? You plan on killing me? No. I promised that we weren't going to talk too much about rap. I'll shoot for it. I have a very specific thing that I think does matter, which is that when you were starting out, when you were younger, 14, 15, 16, um, your asthma was much worse than it is now, right? Mm-hmm. And you said because of that, that you were very detail oriented and, and thought more and more about how much could you pack into a line? Do you feel you are deliberate like that now still? Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of like, that's why, you know, it was kind of monotonous. I wasn't the best. I didn't really know how to, I hadn't been making music until I started making songs. You know, it wasn't like a passion. It wasn't anything I had to practice. So I was just trying to figure it out. You know, it's very monotonous, lower tone because my voice cracks a lot. And, you know, I don't have a consistent tone in my voice like to this day. Like, we have to auto-tune my rap verses, you know what I mean? Literally, like, just regular rap verses. Luckily, I had a lot of good people around me who, like, you know, were teaching me certain things, whether it's, you know, my guy Axel, uh, Chuck Warren, Ramio, uh, Sid, Matt, uh, Mike G, Mac, his security guard Dave, Tebe, Earl Sweatshirt, Bogart, Allen, Ken, my cousin Joey, Mike Chavez, Mike Thomas, Corey, De La Soul, especially Michael Zawaru, uh, Mars Lovejoy, SK, Chito, Frank, uh, Westside Ty, my DJ, obviously, Speak, Cassius Green, Fayo, Big C, Tyler Page, obviously, uh, Kendrick, Ali, Schoolboy Q, Alchemist, um, Baldy James, uh, Said Louis, um, Hip Hop, Evidence, for sure, Evidence, uh, DJ Babu, Ill Mind, Cardo, DJ Dahi, Dave, Chappelle, give me a lot of music advisors from a listener's point of view. That was like an Oscar acceptance speech. Uh, nah, it would have been, they would have been able to cut me off. The music plays up. We got to go to a commercial. Yeah, for sure would have been played up. It would have been horrible. See, that's when it actually does feel like product management. I mean, that's the pinnacle. <laughs> that, that, that The Grammys is the pinnacle. You can't even say thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's interesting. It's a TV show at the end of the day, though, so I get it. They got an hour slot. If it's a TV show and it's product management, this is what I'm trying to get at with you. What makes you keep doing it? Is there something in your heart that makes you want to keep doing it? I mean, like I said, the opportunity, like I had opportunity to, you know, change the trajectory of my family, hopefully forever, you know, I was able to. So as long as I still have those opportunities and instill those implications, I'll keep doing it. And then the second it's not that and it turns into a negative thing, you'll never hear from me again. When you were starting out making music, someone asked you once, what does your mother 
think about what you do. And you said, my mother has never cared about what I've done. But as you were mentioning this kind of generational wealth component of your career, how you're affecting lives both now and in the future, I started to wonder, does she care about what you do now? Of course not. And what I mean by that is like, you know, my mother can care about, you know, it can mean something for me to have done these things, but it still doesn't mean as much as me being her son. You know what I mean? So if I was like, oh yeah, I wouldn't, if I quit tomorrow, my mom'd be like, okay. Literally, it wouldn't even be a conversation. She wouldn't try to talk me out of it. She would never, you know, do whatever you want. You know what I mean? My mom is not that kind of person. Like she literally, as long as I'm her son and, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing and I'm, you know, trying to make, make you know, make sure I'm happy and, you know, living the way I want to live. My mom literally asked for nothing else. I could be, you know, the trash man and my mom would be very, it's just as happy as she is now, to be 100% honest. It wouldn't matter at all. She'd be telling people to call me to, you know, get their shit picked up on time. That's that's the kind of person my mom is. She even makes an appearance on this record. It's an interlude track called Mama's Boy. Why don't we take a listen? my mom is very interesting like you know one thing about me I, I try to stress to people like me and my family and all these things like are exactly who I say we are and I know that's a crazy thing to fathom because people don't live like this we know it's funny I had one of my friends he was with me one day and my dad had called me to go somewhere and he was I was like look man, my dad is kind of different and like when we left he's like yeah man I had I, I kind of I knew you was serious I thought you was kind of adding some extras He's like, but your dad is is really, really burnt out, which just means he's crazy, basically. And I was like, yeah, man. You know, he was like, he was like, yeah, because I used to, I tell all my friends that's like, don't fuck around or like, don't get in trouble. Like, yeah, I'm the cool one. Like, if you go to my family, like, I'm the calm and the cool one, which is hard for them to realize. But yeah, man, it's true. Like, my parents had a very, very rough life, and they kind of dug through it and was able to, you know, take care of these kids to the best of their abilities, and you know, ended up. That's kind of the reason I'm able to end up where I am now. It's just based on, you know, their sacrifice and contributions, you know, from my mother and my father, and my grandparents, you know. When you were growing up and your parents split, your dad would say to you, if you need something, call me. But otherwise, don't. It wasn't really otherwise don't. It's just like, he's like, oh, if you need something, call me. But it was never like, let's talk, like, let's hang out. It's just my family's not built like that. But it's not, that's not really conducive to the environment to be like, you know what I mean? To be like, oh, you know, how are you? What's wrong? That's not, that's not going you're going to get ate alive out here if you if you got that kind of disposition. Unfortunately, it's just the truth. But, yeah, you know, my dad was like, oh, yeah, if you call me, need me. If you need me, call me. You know, he would answer the phone. He will to this day, but I don't really need much like we had talked about earlier. Well, let's end on things you you do care about because we're only here once. you got to make part two of your music video. you got to finish your Starbucks. Tyler's got to go. He's 6'6". He's tired. Yeah, Tyler's sitting on the floor right now. He's too big for chairs. 
I'm sure he is. He probably needs two chairs. I can't believe you haven't got him too. I had he gave me his chair. I got the comfy chair for Tyler. I, I use an aerodynamic stool, but I'm in a chair right now. <laughs> After this past year, how is your family doing? Oh man, they good. You know, my um my grandma died last year, so that's been a thing. You know, everybody's doing good. Everybody's healthy, still here, so that's all you can ask for. Actually, you know, my cousin died like four days ago. He got killed in Barstow. So yeah, that's kind of been a little toll on my family, but you know, it's nothing that we're not used to that we can't handle. So, you know, like I said, it's it's part of the game. So, you know, it's something that we can kind of deal with easily. You know, you do it enough, you can figure it out. You know, you mentioned funerals. Expensive as fuck, by the way. Are you asked to pay for them? Oh, all the time. Fifteen to twenty thousand dollars every time. Sometimes you gotta get a double plot because they're not selling single plots in, in, in California. Too many people are dying. So you're in Southern California. In this area you probably gotta get a double plot because it's not enough room. So then that raised it to like twenty to twenty five. Fifteen on a low end. If you're able to get like a cheap casket. But nobody wants a cheap casket, so it's always more than that. Does that matter to you what casket you're buried in? doesn't matter to me, but it matters to the people that are going, you know, have to look at you. So I get it. I won't, I won't be here to figure it out. It's not, you know, it's not nobody first rodeo. Everybody signed a permission slip. You know what I mean? So, you know, you know what comes with certain things. So it's kind of weird. You mentioned this. I'm going to tell you something that, um, I don't tell strangers, but I'll tell you because it, I think it is about this conversation. And I know you had a kind of experience when your grandfather passed away. When my grandfather died five years ago, he came here from Mexico illegally many times, thrown back over the border then and back. And uh, he lived till about 92 or 90 or 89. We don't really know because he kept lying on his birth certificate. Yeah. That my, my grandfather, he forgot his real name because he had the fake birth certificate. So he just put, he just put Andrew because that was the dude's name in front of him in line. <laughs> So my grandfather's name was Sebastian Fergoso. It's my middle name. And uh, he lives this long life. He, he brings our family to this country. We end up in Chicago, which is where I grew up. And this is the first funeral I've ever gone to. And at the very end, you know, you're sitting around or you're standing around the gravesite and, and you see the casket and everyone goes up and puts flowers on there. They say a prayer, depending on how religious you are. I don't know. I go up to put like a blessing on him and I look at the tombstone and his name is spelled wrong. The name that got us all here, the name that he fought for, the name that he kept. And just as quickly as we realize that my dad and I, the big tow truck comes in and, and you know, it's backing up and it's putting dirt on there. And I thought, Kind of in your spirit, the only way I'm going to be able to live my life is with gratitude and with the understanding of you can come and fight for 50 years to make your family here. Yeah, they'll still spell your fucking name wrong. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand what you're saying. And I think that goes a lot to what I'm saying about what we're saying about the moments. Like you have to appreciate the moments and the people around you, you know, because, you know, certain things just out of your control. It's a funny thing to parallel, you know, back to music, because I know this is, you know, our thing. Say an artist, like, say they, like, their sales underperform, right? Or say, like, and it's all subjective to who, how they view you. Say these things underperform or something like this. They'd be like, oh, man, you fucked up. You did this. You're that. You're that. It's like, this is someone's life work that they put in someone else's hands. 
And now based on the handle there, how they handle the situation, it can make you second guess yourself or second guess, you know, who you are and what you created. But you got to know what's in and out of your control and you just got to live within those moments of creation. And I think, you know, when you think about your grandfather, you think about, you know, our family that's past and friends and things of that nature. It's like, those are things that we can't control, but we can control the moments before that. And, you know, it's like people often ask me like, oh, um, you don't have two projects that sound the same. And why don't you do this again? Do another Big Fish Theory. Do another Summertime on Six. There's thousands of people telling me to do something that someone else is saying that they hate every day. It's it's, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's like these things are, are, are specific moments to me. I can't make an album I made when we stayed in like a one-bedroom apartment on Fifth and Temple, like in the middle of two wars that were on each side of the Bay Street. You know what I mean? I lived nowhere near my neighborhood. You know what I mean? I couldn't, you can't, I can't recreate those moments. I can't recreate uh, Big Fish Theory when I, you know, my first opportunity to like open up for these people and, you know, seeing different parts of the world. I can't recreate FM, you know, coming off of three deaths, you know, month after month. I can't remake, you know, any of these things. I can't remake the Vince Staples project I just did. If I tried tomorrow, I couldn't do it. But, you know, if you live in and you accept those moments and learn from those moments, I think that's the art of it. Not necessarily the packaging and the marketing. The art of it is, is in theory, the execution of it, what you do while you're creating these moments. And, you know, everything else is just a, a copy, so to say, if we speak in an art world. Like these CDs or vinyls and streams, these are all copies of something that was that, that, that was done in real time. So, you know, I, I, I appreciate what was done in real time. What song on this record then? If we are to bring music back into this, which I can't believe you brought the music back in, but I'm glad you did. I'm really, I'm, I'm really good at this. <laughs> what song most accurately speaks to the moment that you're in now on this piece? None of them. That's over. That was eight sessions, about two hours a piece from after thanks. Was it, was it, was it, was it November or December? It was, it was, the, it was December. Yeah, from from the week after Thanksgiving to the week before Christmas, and that we did thirty songs, and then it was over. Now we're trying other things, but I think I think what I did well on this project is they all specifically speak to something different, so they all kind of helped kind of paint. It's it's just really one picture, and I feel like previously I've tried to like kind of tell. I've a lot a lot of things had a lot of overlap based on how I was creating, but I think on this one everything kind of has its own piece of it. It's kind of more like a puzzle. Based on our conversation, which one would you want people to hear? Uh, shining. The Shining is what Tyler Page said. Back to Tyler Page again. I've told you I'm really good at this. Don't get murdered. Yeah. Little niggas out here with no purpose. Loaded lurking. Huh? Like, rather get flipped and go flip burgers. Kyle and swerving. Huh? Niggas ain't built like that in person. City burning. Huh? Can't be saved with no sermon. Still in search of you. Ain't no nerd left some enemies on that curb I cannot be perturbed I live by every word I put this on my verse I know my mama proud These haters want it down me Please, it's not what you think I could be gone in the blink I don't wanna leave yeah. It's not what you thought We dying broke or live with broken hearts I have all your lyrics right here which I did not quote it to you, which I hope I get like an award for. No, you do. You definitely get. So you once said, that's my, I, 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 that's my, actually, honestly, my favorite part of interviews is so you once said, because I don't remember any of the shit I've said. <laughs> so it, it's news to me. Somebody can be lying and I honestly wouldn't know the difference. We've talked a lot about legacy, about giving back to community. 
about helping generations to come that are probably better than you and I, you do want kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. It depends. It depends where I'm at. You once said you did want kids. It depends where I'm at. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm, I'm like, I don't know, probably a dog or something. At this moment, I might start there. And if I can't fuck with a dog, I for sure don't like, I don't want a kid, like an in-house kid. In-house kids are crazy. What do you mean by in-house kid as opposed to outhouse kid? Like a kid that lives in the house. Like that's different. Like, cause I got hella kids in our minds, but they're not in-house kids. I go, I go to my manager's house and I play with his kids for, you know, six hours and I go home, you know, after I got them high off sugar and, and, and Mickey Mouse club. No, that's, that's more, I'm more of like, I'm more of like a, a sometimes. I'm a great uncle. Those are peripheral children. Exactly. Peripheral children. There we go. You can have that one. It's yours. No, no, no. That's yours. <laughs> and I, but if I, when I use it, I'll quote you first and last name. If you do have kids or if you don't, but you and I do this again in five years. For the kids? For you, for the kids. Yeah. What do you want to do? What do you hope you have done? And what matters to you today in this moment? Just stability and comfort. That's it. It's like... I don't know. It's like I've never had a front yard. You know, I've never had a backyard. I've never had a key to my house. You know what I mean? I've never had, you know, I mean, a fucking a couch that, you know, was a real couch. You know, I've never sat at the table and ate dinner. I think those things are important, you know, for kids growing up. So just the comfort and the, and the um, you know, just the, the space to kind of be human. I feel like that's not really something that's as simple as we make it seem. I feel like everything else could be figured out. And do you feel like you can be human now? It depends, you know, depends on, depends on, you know, which exit I get off of on the freeway. You know, so, some places, you know, some places are some things, but, you know, I feel like I try, I try to do a good job of, you know, of living a peaceful life. Vince Staples, Tyler Page, thank you very much. Thanks, Austin. Nice to meet you, man. Definitely. our show special thanks this week to court barrett nora carlblum and tyler page i'd also like to thank blacksmith recordings and motown records and of course special thanks to vince staples his new self-titled record vince staples is available to buy or stream wherever you get your music to learn more about him visit vinstaples.com if you'd like to hear more conversations with artists and musicians, I recommend our talks with Run the Jewels, Brittany Howard, Kevin Abstract, Janelle Monet, Mac DeMarco, and Kamasi Washington. You can find all of those and more on our website at talkeasypod.com or wherever you do your podcasting. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at talkeasypod. You can also join our mailing list by dropping me a line at talkeasypod at gmail.com. Our executive producer is Janik Sabravo. Our associate producers are Caitlin Dryden and Nikki Spina. Our lead editor is Andre Lin. Our editor for today's episode is Caitlin Dryden. Our assistant editors are Clarice Guevara, Eve Gershon, and Joshua Siegel. Our interns are Callie Syringas, Kaylin Ung, Patrice Lee, and Grace Perkins. 
Original illustrations by Krishna Shenoy. Video and graphics by Ian Chang, Derek Gabrzak, Orion Wong, Ian Jones, Isabel Primavera, and Ethan Seneca. And the show is produced by Caroline Reebok. I'm Sam Fragoso. Thank you for listening to Talk Easy. We're back next week with Larry Wilmore. Until then, stay safe and so long. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.